the NSA walked in. They're like, hey, we got to take a look at your computer. We got some reports. They're, like the guy sits down, clicks a couple times, and you hear to see him go, oh, oh, oh. Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and have to deal with stray kittens. Yeah, my week's been interesting so far. Yeah, there'll be some story about that later. Anyway. Hey, you, nothing like ending your week on dealing with some stray pussy. Yeah, unfortunately, four-week-old pussy, not something I wanted to deal with. Bro, that's like, I mean, knock-knock, FBI. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like, that's like knock-knock, I would expect that in my face over like somebody coming to arrest me. I'd expect a neighbor to come just put a shotgun straight to my straight to my grill and be like, you know what this is for. And I'd be like, yeah, I know what this is for. Well, you heard him. We got Zyber and Damoc on the show this evening. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Well, with that description, uh, I want to watch Sin City because, you know, that just made me think of Marv. Oh, angry Marv. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Wait a minute. Uh, did, did he shotgun somebody in the face? Did he? Not sh- well, just the the language of it in my head. Oh, right. yeah, I can see that, dude. Mickey Rourke, man, I would not have like in my brain. Mickey Rourke did not equal Angry Marv, but he is Angry Marv. I didn't like the movie, so yeah. But I well, I didn't read the comics either. So when I watched the movie, I was just like, I uh, see. I I read some of the comics. I didn't read them all. Um, I actually read. Which one? Uh, I think it was like the Long Goodbye or something. It was the one with the the cop with the kid. Uh, the one Bruce Willis did. Was that a Long Goodbye? What the hell was that called? Well, whatever. I can't I, remember. I, I'm pretty sure I read that one. It was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure I remember that. I read that one. Um, I actually thought I I loved the style of the movie. Like I absolutely loved that style. The the style how they made how they actually made the frames. Like if they did, they did a side by side of the comic and then the 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 cinematography of the film and it was just like literally it was pains out of the comic right there on the screen it was just really wild i thought yeah i thought the same thing uh with the spirit man i loved it i loved the style how they captured it in more of a comic book sense than trying to add the real world into it and make it something that it's not It, it kept true to that comic book feeling i love when movies do that when they adapt oh. the book as it is on the pages. So like the uh, the recently, was it like now four hours ago, announcement of the remake of Suicide Squad? So they announced that a long time ago, though, because that whole cast, there was like trailers or, or something for that a long time ago that they were, that, that, that I thought it was supposed to be a sequel. But I, I'm, I'm 99% sure they announced that last year even. Because I remember Nathan I Fillion's in it. Oh. Wait, no. Wait. Yeah. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Stop me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Nathan Fillion's in it because John Cena's in it. I think Nathan Fillion's in it. There's a ton of people in it. All right, now we gotta look this up. Let's stop the show. And no, I'm just. It, it's. I like. I'm not tracking that he's in it. But okay, you said 
It's got Pete Davidson, John Cena, Jared Leto, Margaret Robbie. No, this is the old one. Yeah, Nathan Fillion right there. Yeah. Yeah, Nathan uh, Fillion. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. I'll say I'll link you. What the fuck does he play? Who does uh, he play? What? That's a great question. That is a great it's question. It's really weird because when you himself. look it up, right, when you look it up, it says Suicide Squad 2, but the movie is just called The Suicide Squad. It's a reboot. It's really weird. Yeah, Anyways, it's, kinda, it's, it's gonna alone. fucking suck. So I don't know the it. first one. I don't know whether it's a reboot or whether it's like a story that's happening in the same universe, but just differently. Or I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I actually. So I enjoyed the original Suicide Squad. I, I like. I even even Will Smith's horrible performance in it. I still thought was comedic. Hmm. Oh, uh, one thing with it also, um, you you have people like. Uh, Sylvester Sloan in it where you don't know who he is. It doesn't say in the cast like thing. It says N. Oh, N? Stallone? It's either that or the letting us know that Sylvester Stallone is a noun. Right. Oh, okay. It's a lighter color. All right. I just picked up on that. Oh, it's a lighter color? Really? You're going down that road already? Dude, we're not even like 10 minutes into the show. Peter Cap... Cap... I can't say his last name. Doctor Who? Yes. Capel D? Am I saying that right? Capel D? Tinkerer. A- anyways, that dude, he's in it. I know it's he's been in like a billion more sequel. things. Yeah, Peter, that was uh, it. It was supposed Pete to be a standalone Davison sequel. Also, the guy from uh, Mr. Robot. Michael Roker is in it? Dude, I love that guy. Like, I love to hate that guy, but I love that guy. Dude. Um, shit. Uh, how the hell do you say his name? Idris Elba? I, I, he, was on, he was on Hot, uh, Hot Ones. There's a lot of good people in the hot one. Um, shit. He played the, he played the gunslinger in uh, the Dark Towers. Remember the Dark Tower movie that came out with um. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. Fuck. What else his name now? McGonagall. No. McGonagall. McGillicully. No. He was in Dirt. Fucking a. I'm I'm having a terrible time with names today. Well, anywho. Um, actually, you know which, what, like which we're, movie, we're, man? Because he was in a shit ton since 1999. Uh, he was in he was in the Dark Towers. He was also in. God, like was the Dark Towers TV or movie? No, no, the, there was only a movie of Dark Tower. There was a TV of The Stand. I don't think there was a, t- a TV of the Dark Tower. Uh, no, there's a movie, 2017, The Dark Tower. Yeah, so, that's yeah. that's that's the only one. That, that's the that. only Dark Tower that I know of. Is that one? He's okay, uh, he Hemdale. He's Hemdale and Thor. Okay, yeah, and he's also uh, Hemdale in Infinity War. Yeah, he's Hemdale in the Marvel Universe. We'll just. Yeah, I can't say his fucking name. He was also in Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah, it's Idris Elba. Yeah, I can't say his fucking name, but that dude, he's in it too. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. I'm gonna distract this whole podcast on this because I don't know about tonight's topic. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like going down that route too. Like, I'm okay. Well, uh, getting back on track. Yeah. Um, so first off, first, uh, what's everybody drinking? Like, we got to get down that. We got to kick that off. So I'm actually drinking tonight. So I'm actually gonna go last instead of first because I'm always fucking lame. So, Damoc, what are you drinking tonight, man? Uh, I have a Black Cherry Truly, another Black Cherry Truly, and a Raspberry Lime Truly. I am going to drink Truly because seltzer water, even though this is loaded with alcohol, seltzer water is relatively good for gut digestion and has been helping me poop. And I've been enjoying that. I take bigger poops and I'm losing weight. All right. So, you're drinking alcoholic water. You're now off the show. Good talking to you. (laughs) I'm joking. Hey, man, this uh, alcoholic water, like, 
I don't get buzzed off of it because, wow, dude, I really got to fucking work on my tolerance. But it's actually pretty good because I like seltzer water to begin with. That's why I bought that fucking soda stream. Yeah, as long as you're not drinking like Michelob Ultras. Like you start going down that route and I'm just going to be like, dude, just suck it up, skip dinner and have an actual beer. Yeah, I've been doing that like, hey, you know what? I have five calories left. I can drink two Golden Monkey. Yeah, and then I'm just like, I want more Golden Monkey. This is not fucking enough. I want that taste. But soon, hopefully, I will have my new tea that's brewed with hops, and I'm really excited to try that out. But that's a whole different story. Let me know what that is. Uh, What about you, Cyber? What are you drinking, man? Well, uh, I'm going to be kicked off the show, but I am drinking Michelob 64. Get fucking wrecked. (laughs) Hold it up. I want to see it, bitch. No, I'm drinking. No, I just uh, muted him. No, he's done. I'm just, I fucking <laughs> muted him. He's, uh, uh, he's laughing and shit. No. Right? I see his <laughs> just mouth fucking, moving. Just fucking <laughs> muted. He's, he's, at, he's 100% muted. Uh, All right, fucking, there you go. Me. Talk. Excellent. Go on, talk. I unmuted you, um, you cock stain. I am drinking orange juice and gin. Thank the fucking Lord. Yes. I've been sipping on this uh, while doing uh, other works. So <laughs> Is that out of a fucking mason jar? It's out of my First Republic brewing jar. Yeah, dude, that looks like a mason jar. That's exactly how you fucking drink orange juice and gin. You just go down, you get you a fucking mason jar, you mix that bitch up, and you drink it. Dude, okay. I, I told you, si- quick, quick side story, I told you about my brother's uh, wedding, right? Where at the end of the night, he's like, we still got a drink, and I'm like, all right, and I start flipping through the box of booze, and I find a bottle of gin, and I hand it to him, and he looks at me like, oh, God, gin? And I went, there's orange juice on the counter, and he looked like, huh? And I went, dude, gin and juice. Snoop Dogg can't be wrong. Right. And he's like, oh, okay. And then we drank gin and juice with Sylvester. Oh, that's a bad fucking idea. So, what the, orange juice and gin, you said? So, what what gin? Uh, This is... uh Hendrix. Um, I'm trying to ration out my uh, bar hill because Tomcat ain't cheap and I don't have much left. So I have the big bottle of Hendrix that the wife got me for Christmas that I finally cracked into because I got a big bottle a couple weeks before Christmas, not thinking that I was going to get one. So yeah, I got I got plenty of gin. Very nice. <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? There's nothing wrong with gin. I, I oh, actually, no, I love gin. You know, gin is one of those things that I hated growing up, but uh, I've now grown a, a, a weird, I don't want to call it a craving, but every now and then I just want, I just want a little gin. I, I just, I don't want a lot. I just want like, you know, a martini, a nice gin martini. A dirty martini, man. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Nice and dirty and just, just sip on that for a little bit. I actually think I'm going to nice be- Nice and uh, dirty like the whore you are. Yeah, I am. You know it. I actually think I'm going to be getting uh, getting together a, a, a bunch of stuff to make apple teenies. And one night I think oh I'm just going to sit here and sip dude. on apple teenies all night. Oh, dude. just You're going to have to fucking podcast from my house because Selkie would love you for it. She dude, just bought martini glasses and I've been drinking dirty martinis for the last two fucking weeks. And I finally ran. Well, I'm not out of gin, but I'm out of olive. And yeah, well, I've tried the vodka martinis. I've tried the gin martinis, but gin... With those fucking, and I don't like green olives at all whatsoever, but green olives soaked in gin? Whoa, mm-hmm. fuck oh, yeah. yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, like, literally, Hawkeye cannot be wrong. 
Yeah, uh, and, and on top of that, we have the espresso machine, so you can make the espresso fucking martinis. Oh. It's gonna, yeah, so bring over the apple teeny shit. We'll have apple teas. We'll that have martinis. is, we'll oh, have God, oh, God, we're going to die. Oh, yeah, that, oh, yeah, that, equal, that equals, yeah, death. Well, hey, dude, I just got my first shot this week, so... My next Yay. one is my next one is set up for the 14th. So then two weeks after that, we can come up and touch tips and we'll be safe. Fuck yeah, dude. My second shot is on the 6th. So two yeah, weeks yeah. after the 6th. Nice. See, that means you could actually go with him when he gets his crossbar. Yeah, you could yeah, be dude, in the room because you're all vaxxed. Yeah. Well, I got, I, I, dude, it. I, I got it all planned out, man. Like, I, I, I almost had my credit card paid off, but now we're going out to Mass Nutton for a weekend, so I'm putting a little on that because I won't get paid until the following weekend, but it's all going to work out. I'll pay it all off, um, and then I'll knock down, as I said, I'm going to get down half of my student loan. Once I'm down to half my student loan, tattoo, which is going to be about 1500 and then finish out that cross member, and I'll have the magic cross, which my... Wife is already like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy that. Well, fuck. You're either going to enjoy it or not, but I'm getting it. And then, then ladies and gentlemen, he absolutely has that first piercing. <laughs> I have seen it. I almost got to kiss it. Didn't get that far, <laughs> but we got that close. No, but it's a good, like, okay, I know. Good thing Blue's not here, because Blue would hate this conversation. It was a good, clean piercing, though. I got to give it to, to um, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to the guy. And I haven't. Uh, Jeremy at Electric Paradise up in Fredericksburg. Dude, 100% professional, 100% um, just a, a great piercer. Like, if you've got to get something pierced here in the Fredericksburg area, hook up with Jeremy out of uh, – or Jeremiah. I forgot his car here. It's either Jeremy or – I think he goes by Jeremy. Um, well, shit, I called him Jeremy. So if he doesn't go by Jeremy, I'm sorry. I'm a fucktard. I've been calling you the wrong thing. Anyway – Go check, go, go to him, check him out. He's uh, a great guy. As I said, 100% professional, friendly, explains you exactly what's going on, is quick, you know, boom, you know, it, it gets it done and it's, it's awesome. Like, great guy. Uh, but it's a, it's a good clean piercing. Like, it's really, a, it's a, it's a good, solid, clean piercing. There's not, uh, like, there's not a lot of extra flesh and extra protrusions or stuff like that. Cause I've been, I, when I searched them, I saw a lot of weird stuff. And I'm really glad that yep. uh, it worked out. You know, just great guy. I'm just really glad I didn't look at that damn needle. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have looked at the fucking needle, man. Judging by uh, what I saw, I was like, "Ooh boy!" But no, it like it legitimately like no home would that look clean and good. And yeah, then I was like, "Damn, dude, I don't know if I can get dick pierced." Though I think I got drunk and said that I would. Yeah, you said you but, would. You actually said yeah. when I go and get mine that you would then schedule yours. Yeah, but so now you have to go to Massanutten, and then you have to pay that credit card off, then you have to pay half your student loans, then you have to get your tattoo. Yeah, so you got you time. Pay back that. So yeah, I, I'm good, dude. I got <laughs> at least two weeks. At least. Well, uh, at least right now you have the starting brackets for your cock cage. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell was that thing that we saw that was like the, the cock armor that had the little locking thing that the, the piercing would slide into? Somebody had it. It was like a... It was oh, like dude, a, you don't want to get into that. You do not want to get into that. No. Stay the fuck away from that. That is what she says. Oh, I'm going to tease you. And if you get hard, you're going to be in pain now. Yeah. Well, anyhow, all right. Um, What I'm drinking. So I'm actually... I, I now rarely drink, which is the weirdest thing in the world since I always just drank so much. Uh, I actually, I went and I bought a brand new rum and I'm trying it out. And it was weird because you, you know, when you like, you know, when you walk to the store 
and you're just like looking around and then just you look at something and it just calls out to you. Something just looks something about it just says that's the one. I don't know what the hell about this. It sure as hell wasn't the name. Maybe it was a name because I love Afro Samurai. Uh, but this this rum is called Afro Head Premium Aged Dark Rum. It's a seven year aged dark rum, and I'm you know showing it up there. It's uh, I'm showing the guys here. You guys can't see it. You guys can Google it if you want to. It's uh, it's Afro Head. It's it's got a nice a nice caramel color to it. I mean, it's got a really really nice color for a dark rum. It's a really really nice even color. A little bit lighter, I would say, than I'm used to for dark rums. Like if you're used to like a Bacardi dark, it's a little bit lighter than that. However, the flavor on it is really really nice. It's not a spiced rum, so don't don't jump down that route. It's it's a dark rum. It's got like the first hits. Let me let me make sure I'm hitting this right. Now I'm looking at it in the bottle and I'm looking at it in your glass and your glass looks black like you poured Captain Morgan in it with some coke. So but the bottle was very almost pirate pirate yeah so i poured and here's the fun part i poured it to about oh you can't see my finger can you i poured it to about here on the glass all right so it's about a third of the way up on the glass and then approximately I, 40 inches <laughs> it uh so i poured it up to about a third of the glass and then i've just filled the rest with ice and then a can of coke now right off the bat mixed with coke there's a very distinct like vanilla taste. And that's like the weirdest thing. Like, like that that vanilla taste is almost there the entire time. Um, there's no like clove or spice to it. It's all got that like caramel vanilla flavor to it right there. It's super smooth. Um, I'm actually really disappointed in myself because typically when I try a new rum, as everybody knows on this show, if you heard me before, I usually tip it, pour it into a shot glass and I try it, but I didn't grab a shot glass, so I can't pour this in anything and try it. And I'm not going to be that guy and put my lips straight to the bottle on this one since it's a brand new rum. But I think this is going to really taste great just as a sipping rum as well, because it's very, very smoothed out, very mild. In fact, the amount of rum I put into this glass, I can't even taste alcohol. Like there's no burn whatsoever. Also could be that I'm an alcoholic and I don't feel that anymore. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So uh, on your, that sip mixed with whatever beverage you have in there with it, uh, what, Coke Zero? Yeah, I think it's like uh, Coke, Coke Zero, Pepsi Zero, one of the two, yeah. Does it taste like a rum with the rocks or without the rocks straight up? In this drink? In that drink, as it is, if you were to pour... Some as a sipping rum, would it be over rocks or just straight? Fuck. Just from your initial gonna, taste on. on that. I'm just going to go get a glass. I'll be right back. I was going to say, he's going to Peer pressure's a bitch, actually, isn't it? Well, yes, but he's going to actually have to taste it. Like Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm making him do. Well, yeah, but tasting it with like Coke Zero. Does Pepsi make a Zero? I know they have a no calorie Pepsi, but man, Coke Zero is the most disgusting fucking soda. It, no, I take that back. Diet Dr. Pepper is just, it tastes like vomit. It's carbonated vomit in my mouth. Oh, I can never fucking do Diet right. Dr. Pepper. is disgusting. But let's see what it tastes like because peer pressure. Fuck you. All right. Good job. So, Pepper. right? I mean, inquiring minds want to know. You can't half-ass it. No, no, you're right. And you're right. And I and I should have been prepared, but I was rushing like crazy. Oh, please tell me that is not a break in my glass. No, it's not. I freaking had a crack in this glass. All right. Fucking cat here, man. 
All right. So here's the weird part. This like the smell of it right off the bat is harsh. Like I, it's way harsher than I expected. Like two yeah, buck it, chuck harsh. Yeah, like two buck chuck harsh, man. Like it's 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 stinging on the nose. And he's gonna Ooh. fucking sample it, and it's gonna be like worse than Captain Morgan. But it's gonna be those, it cuts very good in Coke. Oh no, no, it's nice. No, it's real nice. Like on the nose. So I'm 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 sipping out of a brandy snifter. So I think the snifter might just be kind of like taking all of that like alcohol that's evaporating off and just kind of funneling it right into my face. But um, no, that's nice. I mean, you're drinking a good amount of it there, and if you're saying it's smooth. Yeah, it's got a little bite, but those vanilla ho- notes are not nearly as prominent as when it's mixed. There's the, so, but, there, um, but, but there's a little bite there. So cola that, cutting uh, brings out the vanilla caramel note. Like Yeah, so right so out. like if I okay, if I was gonna say pick this rum up and do this with it, I would say mix this rum. On its own, it's nice, but I like to drink it up a brandy snifter, so it like like that that first aroma hit is really harsh. Like it's rubbing alcohol harsh. But the sip, like when I pull when I pull away and I, I roll it around and I like really get it over the palate, it's got a nice flavor. You get those really dark rum to it, and there's a bit of a bite. But then as it go as it washes down, like the bite takes over and the flavor is almost almost completely gone. Like I've got just sitting here talking to you, I'm getting little bits of vanilla notes right now. And it's it's been you know, what thirty seconds since I took the sip, so like the aftertaste Man. is very very light, but very subtle and light. Not like with when it was mixed, it was vanilla notes all the way off the bat. So I would really put this as a as a mixing rum, but so not as good as like getting a bottle of pirate. What was if you don't mind my asking? What was the cost of this bottle? Because it looks like it's more than pirate. So this, wise? this was a thirty nine ninety nine bottle. Uh, you know, it was like a, it was a forty buck bottle. It wasn't expensive. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know, it was an eighty dollar bottle. Um, it kind of falls in that same realm of pirate. Uh, I think it's a little bit more expensive because it's a seven. Uh, it's a seven fifty. So I think it falls a little bit more expensive than Captain Morgan's because I think Captain Morgan's is about thirty for a seven fifty. No, you can get Captain Morgan's a lot less. Yeah, Captain Morgan's is cheap as shit. Like, All right, right. Of, hold on, hold on. Here's, I think I'm thinking of private stock. Here's the kicker. That or Sailor Jerry? Am I mixing? Yeah, you said it's a mixing rum. Right, so exactly. that or Sailor I mean, Jerry. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. I really like Sailor Jerry. Like, I'm a bit biased. Dude, everybody likes Sailor Jerry over Captain Morgan, especially for a mixing rum. But how would this compare? You know what? I need, I, I'm need. i going to pick up a bottle of Sailor Jerry, and I'm going to do a side-by-side, and I'll tell you then. I honestly, right. I haven't had Sailor Jerry in so long, and I was going to pick up Sailor, like, I was looking at Sailor Jerry when I saw this bottle, and I went, no, I'm going to pick up Afrohead. It's calling to me. I've had Sailor Jerry. I know what that's like. I want to try something different. And I picked up Afrohead. Um, I'll do a side-by-side. Maybe not next show. Maybe not the show after that. I might do it. I might not even do it on this show, but I'm going to do a side-by-side. Fair enough. But anywho. So if you're, uh, I'm actually going to take the rest of this and mix it in with the rest of my uh, my other drink because it honestly it tastes better as a mixer. But uh, yeah, Afrohead rum, check it out for a, for a seven year rum. It's 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 decent. I I would put it definitely better than Captain Morgan's. I'm gonna reserve and say I don't know compared to Sailor Jerry. Um, for a mixer, definitely better than Pirate because Pirate just doesn't mix. Like you you got to drink Pirate straight. 
You do, and it's better not even over on the rocks. Like, no, 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 just straight. Straight, neat. warm, it's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That pirate, pirate is just really good. All righty, well... We've we've spent so long on the alcohol now. Um, we're gonna try to blitzkrieg through state of games, and that means I gotta shut up. Uh, my state of games is super simple. I have been playing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I uh, I've actually been reading more about games. I've been reading into BattleTech because I'm like I really really got some like I got some campaigns. I got in my head, and, and I want to get into the BattleTech world, and, and maybe not so far. Like it'll, like the first campaign might not be full on into political intrigue. It'll be more of uh you know, backwater woods type of thing, but I've got some campaigns in my head that I want to go and I just, I really want to get a battle tech campaign going because I fucking love gigantic robots fighting. I just, I fucking love it. Um, so I've been reading a lot of that. Uh, I have been playing a little bit of games. Not much. Uh, I've actually rebuilt my old computer, so I spent more time getting apps installed and getting things fixed on my computer than I have actually playing games. Uh, but I was playing a little bit of MechWarriors 5 to feed into that Battletech you know, need. And I was playing a little bit of Battletech, you know, the, uh, the actual game, Battletech. Which, if you haven't played that and you like big robots attacking, that's game to play. And there's something else I've been playing... Oh, Final Fantasy VI. I jump back into that because, man, that's a game I haven't played in forever and I need to get back through that. I'll probably throw Chrono Trigger on the list here at some point in time. What about you, uh, Zyber? What's your state of games there, Goss? Uh, my state of games is very simple. I've been playing uh, Animal Crossing with the wife and that's it. Rip and tear Animal Crossing? Rip and tear Animal Crossing. I wish it was Doom Eternal, but no, just straight up Animal Crossing. Rip and tear, man. Rip and tear. Thank you, Damoc, for showing that to me. I literally oh, dude, have been laughing ever since. Oh, this shit is great. And uh, they just did an anniversary edition. Like, Nintendo came out and put, you know, the Doom guy in with the Animal Crossing guys. That's fantastic. I I, I am behind this 100%. What about you, Damoc? What's your state of games? None. Um, I've had a long week, and I haven't played anything at all. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Damoc, but... Uh... One other thing with Animal Crossing, they're doing a uh, crossover episode of Rick and Morty to Animal Crossing for their anniversary. This I have to see. Dude, dude, okay. Speaking of Rick and Morty, did you guys see the crossover, not the crossover, but the guest animators for when Rick and Morty, the animators from Rick and Morty did a Simpsons intro? No, but I saw the Japanese style Rick and Morty stuff. When you get a chance, Google that intro because... It's like a, it's like an eight minute long intro and it's fucking fantastic. And I love at okay. the end of it, how, how Bart Simpson goes, man, no more guest animators. We'll have to look that one up. I've seen the same one Zyber uh, saw with the, the Japanese animators doing it. And that was funny, but I haven't seen the other ones. Oh, I've dude. kind of fallen off Rick and Morty, man. Like it's good and it's really fucking funny. But now that they have the spinoff shows. And they're using literally the same voices and pretty much the same characters. It It's pretty fucking bad, dude. Well, that was like Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and all that shit. Yeah, and, and that was... I liked King of the Hill because it actually had a storyline to go with it. Beavis and Butthead never really had a storyline, aside from the movie. 
right? They were short three fucking minute chops before they played a music video. And I was like, okay, but now like Rick and Morty, I believe the same guys are making the, the two alien guys in the fucking Hulu original show. And it's awful. Huh. Well, that's no bueno. That's not a good thing. We want good things. Well, that's Daymok. I actually enjoyed that show. I know the one he's talking about. I enjoyed it for what it was. Well, check check out the Simpsons episode. Check out that Simpsons episode with the Rick and Morty guest animators. It's worth watching that intro. And and like I said, watch the Japanese intro as well, because that one was really good. But I'm going to watch the Simpsons intro uh, right after this podcast. Um, Well, now what, what we're actually all gathered here to talk about, what I've gathered you here today, we're going to talk about... And a topic that's been, we're going to call it not only a dead horse, but it's a dead horse that's been buried and dug back up and buried again and dug back up and then buried again and then dug back up and dragged to Mordor and thrown into a volcano and brought back out as obsidian and still beaten. We're going to talk about Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Ah, we're going to talk about the book because everybody's seen the fucking movie. What you got to do is you got to get civilized and fucking read. No, I tried that. Uh, apparently, I'm banned from the local library. Well, you're supposed to wear pants. Yeah, but there wasn't. It said no shirt, no shoes, no service. You're right. They didn't say anything about pants. You are accurate there. So shame on them. Well, Lord of the Rings, quick synopsis. Um, if you didn't already know, it was written by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, that man was was born in South America. Back in the 1800s, he died, I think, in 1973. His son, Christopher Token, took over for him, like, way later on, um, released a bunch of unwritten stuff for him. But we're really just focusing on the Fellowship of the Rings, which, if you haven't seen the, the Peter Jackson movie yet, skip it and go read the book. Just, you know, the book is always better. It really is. Disagree. I think the movies are better than the book. Really? Oh, man. Uh, I disagree with that statement. I say the book is uh, better than the uh, movies. Now, I've got to go into the Robert Kennedy for this. I feel that the books were way better than the movie, but it's okay if we have differing opinions because that's what we are here to talk about. Never mind the dead hookers in the jacuzzi or on the beach. When I returned. Family estate. When I returned, Mary Jo and the car were gone. Uh, I mean. No matter what, right? The books are always going to have more to them than the movies are going to have. And yes, even with the extended four-hour fucking movie, Lord of the Rings and all that, they're still going to miss a a large chunk of the books. However, I felt, and I've only read the first two books, I felt that they cut the fat out of the books and got to what I enjoyed in the movies. I agree with that actually 100% because while I enjoy the book, and I really do enjoy the book, the movie did, like, Tolkien's a good writer, hands down. Um, he, he create, he's, he's actually written, um, like, he's not to mention a good writer. He's also a brilliant fucking man, um, or was, sorry. He, he, he wrote, like, essays on, um, what the hell was it? It was, uh, oh, Beowulf. He, he literally wrote essays on analyzing that classic piece of work, Beowulf, and it's it's literally still looked at today to how to analyze older literature. Like, that's how just, like, I don't know, fucking revolutionary, just, just how this guy's mind works. Um, 
But yeah, so, I mean, if you don't know who J.R.R. Tolkien is, and it's J.R.R. Tolkien. I may be slurring because I've been drinking, but it's J.R.R. Two R's Tolkien. Um, he wrote several, he actually wrote several books. Um, the so Hobbit. So it's J.R.R. Two R's Tolkien? Yeah, J.R.R. Two R's Tolkien. So J.R.R.R.R. Tolkien. The room is uh, catching up fast. I think it is. I think it's definitely hitting me hard. Can we go back to talking about Suicide Squad? I think I'm just going to, like, really murder this topic now. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're like, legit spot on. Tolkien, the way he looked at literature, has actually been taught on how you're supposed to look at older literature. There is a little discrepancy in there because, of course, there's people that are going to see things differently. But for the most part, the way that he analyzed literature and then writ, uh, or wrote, sorry, Jesus fucking Christ, Trulies. Uh, <laughs> like, and the, the rubs hit me? Wrote, right? And I was like, oh man, I'm like two Trulies in. So the way that he That wrote, doesn't really say much. Two Trulies in. <laughs> yeah, two, two 5% fucking... I'm drinking the little Trulies, the uh, 12 fluid ounce fucking cans. I'm not even drinking the big ones. But no, the way he wrote, and it has been talked about, it has been taught, he really and truly was... A genius. Did you really have to work truly back in there one more time? Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm trying to get fucking paid. You should sponsor me. I drink your shit. Um, So one thing I actually didn't know about J.R.R. Tolkien is I did not know that uh, I knew he was a writer. Like I knew he wrote books. I didn't know he was a poet. Like, be perfectly honest. I did not know the man was a poet. I have no idea. I've never read any of his poems. Oh, now I'm going to. I did not know. Now I'm going to seek them out and try to read them. Yeah, I got to find um, Goblin Pete. Yeah, like I, like I knew he worked. Um, where the hell did he work? Was it Oxford? I knew he worked at like some college. Yeah, I think it was Oxford. I mean, that's where a lot of his stuff was published through. Also, yeah. So I want to. I want to point out. I am so sorely unprepared for today tonight's show. I am going off of virtual memory. The only thing I just Googled was literally his name because I couldn't remember what J.R.R. stood for, which I'm a horrible right. human being. Well, I should know it. On the timeline for his life, it does say uh, Oxford and early career. Okay. So I, I knew he worked at a college. I just didn't remember where. So it was Oxford, which Oxford, I mean, is a pretty prestigious college. I mean, still to today, it's still a very prestigious college. So it's not, it's not like, it's not like he's some scrub. He worked at Oxford. Like, that's impressive. But yeah, I never knew he was a poet. I mean, to be perfectly honest, outside of the, um, um, outside of the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and there's one other one, like the Sil- the Similarian or Sumerian or something like that. I forgot the hell the name of the book is. Similar. It's something. It's, it's something like that. But anyways, other than those, I didn't know that he did any other works. Uh, I mean, I knew about his, I knew about essays that he wrote. I, so I rephrase. I knew that he wrote essays. I don't know of the essays specifically because I didn't look those up, but I knew that he wrote some essays like specifically on Beowulf and stuff like that. But yeah, the, like the guy is, uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. I think of J.R.R. Tolkien and all I can think of is the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, but the dude had so much more around him than just that. Oh, he has absolutely so many more books based in Middle Earth. It is not just the Lord of the Rings and not just the Hobbit. He f- he centralized his writings around Middle Earth. I know, and it's really wild. Um, I mean, th- so 
the Fellowship of the Rings. Let's 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 tap into it. Anybody want to tap into what the synopsis of the story is, or or you want me to jump in and do it? Well, uh, from what I can remember of it, uh, the synapse of it would be um, Frodo comes to wishes, Uncle, you know, farewell uh, to um, his retirement and going away with elves. I can't remember. I might be mixing the movies with the so, books right now. So, so it was. So, how that worked out was that it wasn't his retirement. He was dying. Yeah. Like technically he was going to die and the elves were transporting him like 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 Sharon or Sharon would over the over the you know the fucking river sticks basically guiding them to the allowing him to go to the you know the elf afterlife. But right right. And in his in in Frodo's inheritance is his house, his belongings, the ring and uh it quickly turns around when Gandalf, uh, the great wizard, Gandalf the Grey, notices the ring and, you know, does some investigating and comes back bewildered. Then uh, Frodo ends up getting escorted to, I can't remember the name of the city, but one of the elf cities. And uh, it's put forth and the rings are... Of the, like, elves and man and dwarves are like, you know, hey, uh, this is the one ring. We got to destroy it. And eventually, like, that ring ends up awakening all of evil. And they search for the ring for their master, uh, which leads into a quest. And that's to destroy the ring. But... Also dude, along the way, that is the longest fucking explanation yeah, for a movie. Dude, about, I'm I'm getting drunk. You want drunk history? You got drunk history, Lord of the Rings style, man. It's already a podcast, man. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, man, you're you're pretty like you're you're you went into a little bit of weird detail on there. Um, but yeah, you, you pretty much nailed it. So Frodo, Frodo, um, Bilbo Baggins is the character, the main character in the Hobbit, and in the Hobbit, he finds. You know the the one ring to rule them all that that, that fun stuff in the Fellowship of the Rings. Uh, Frodo gets bequeathed all of that, everything that you just said. Um, and yes, Gandalf the Grey finds it and is like, "Oh, holy shit! This is like this is like the fucking ring, man." Uh, and but he doesn't know that at first. No, no, no. He doesn't no, know it's it. It's the second book. It's suspicions, that he though. Gets into he has it. suspicions. No, yeah. not entirely. He says, and very much in there, that there are very few magic rings in the world and they are not to be fucking reckoned with. And he does not know the purpose of that one. He is gets that verbatim? What the ring is. No, it's not verbatim. But he, he doesn't know what it is. But magic rings are exceedingly rare to begin with. They do exist. And he has no idea and he doesn't want to put it on and he doesn't want to touch it and all of that because it gives off a bad vibe, but they don't get into that until the second book. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I've only read the two books. I never got into the third one. I watched the movies instead and loved them. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, but they do go into a lot of history on the, the rings and how they're made. And it's actually like the Fellowship of the Rings it's all about getting i mean it ends up getting together and there there's a band of them it's 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 basically a D game to be perfectly honest 
It's a yeah. group of them get together and they've got a quest to go figure out what this fucking ring is and either a destroy it or do something with it. But it's it's literally a and d game. Good. Well, they do have the tabletop of Lord of the Rings. Well, that's we're going to get into that in a bit. We'll get into that in a bit. That's actually part of the influenced portion that's going to come later. Because I actually did structure this shit out. I did. I actually did. You know we're all fucked. He's drinking rum, right? Oh, super fucked. Well, super, if this super turns fucked. into a recording of a, uh, you know, happenstance uh, Lord of the Rings tabletop, I got dice next to me. Hey, all, actually, <laughs> I got all, dice right here. So, fun fact, all you need is two dice. You need a two ten-sided dice to do, like, 90% of the stuff in Merp. I am fucking drunk. Did you hear me slur that badly? Yep. Yeah, dude. I don't know what Merp is, but yeah, we're going for it. No, Merp is Middle Earth Earth role playing. Merp is actually what it's called Middle Earth role playing. Well, then shit, dude, because I'm drunk and I understood your slur. And Daymok, you only need two dice. Yeah, like 90% of the stuff you do with two dice, because it's all on 100%. It's like literally, you run, you roll uh, two 10 sided dice, one's your hundreds, or one's your tens, and one's your singles. And you get percentage dice on everything there. That's how you roll out everything. It's actually a really easy system to learn. Um, it's just, there's a lot of math involved. It's, if I were to compare it to anything, it would be like, um, it would be like D and three a with actually no, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a more, it's like a, it's actually a little less complex than three a. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll get into that later on when we get to the influences, but, um, anybody know the date that, uh, the fellowship of the rings was written and published? I'm drawing a blank. I have no idea. I believe it was like 1945 or something like that. Yeah, I'm ser- Like I'm so unprepared. I'm asking because I don't actually know. <laughs> um, Wikipedia says 2003. <laughs> that might be the movies. <laughs> Wikipedia is wrong. No, originally published in three volumes in 1954 and 1955. Well, okay. So here's a cool piece of trivia. Do you know why it was published in three volumes? Okay, so J.R.R. Tolkien was born in South Africa, lived in England, and in England at the time, when, when was it published? Uh, 1954. 1954 and 1955. 54. Yeah. So, so 1940s were, came along, and what happened in the 40s? World War II. Big old war. So publishing costs were through the roof during that time for, for a very long time. In fact, I, I think it was actually even like, I think they were into the 60s before they actually got out of rationing in England. If I remember correctly, I could be very wrong. If I am, please don't crucify me. I'm drunk. But publishing costs was like way through the roof. So the book that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote for the Lord of the Rings, they had to split into three different books because publishing costs were so high. They needed to actually break it up. They needed to get sales out to make money, to get more, to publish more and so forth. So on. It's kind of a leapfrog thing. So that's actually all meant to be one long book. It's just, you know, they couldn't publish it that way. They had to separate out in three separate books. So I'm looking at it, right? And The Hobbit came out first. And The Hobbit is a very long and large book, right? And it, mm-hmm. it is the prequel to Lord of the Rings. I don't see the publishing date off the, you know, just a, a quick fucking search. I didn't see the publishing date. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. 1936 is when it came to the attention of people. Yep. Right, because he used to write fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay. on now, his biographical uh, timeline, it's September twenty first, nineteen thirty seven. Okay, 
So yeah, this one just says uh, that the Hobbit came into the attention of a Susan Dagnall, Dagnall, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So but, okay. fun, fun thing about the Hobbit: uh, the page count on the Hobbit was three hundred and ten pages. Do you know what the page count on the Two Towers was? Like nine hundred. No, four twenty-three. So if you think about it, you got four twenty-three there. You, uh, I don't even know what the Fellowship was. What that was? You can have me Google fucking page numbers and like, oh my god, I have no idea. 423. So we're going to guess it's going to be like four something per book. So the like the the Lord of the Rings, like the whole thing was probably over a thousand pages. And they broke it up into three separate books because, well, publishing a thousand pages at the time was pretty expensive. But yeah, now it absolutely makes sense. Now you can actually get like when you go out and you buy the fellowship or you buy the Lord of the Rings, typically you get it in one big book and it just chopped up into three sections. Where? My living room. Like, I literally have a copy of it that's just one long book. Uh, I got I got the same one for, like, uh, The Grim Tales and Edgar Allan Poe. See, I have those, and I bought them from Costco, right? But when I've bought the Fellowship, sorry, the Links Trilogy, they've always come in big, really nice, triple book, collector's type things. So I actually have a separate, a separate version of them that is... Three nice leather-bound um, copies of actually it's four because it's got the Hobbit in there as well, and I've got a really really nice set of those. Those I actually don't open, but the one that I actually do crack open and read every now and then is it's one like super long volume. But yeah, it's it's a fun little fact that uh, the whole reason that there are three separate books is because publishing costs were so high and they had to they had to separate it out. But all those take place in you know Middle Earth. Um, and I forget there's some, you know what? I'm, I'm really drunk because there is some significance to middle earth and my brain is just not, it's just not working right meow. It is not working. Well, another series, if I'm remembering correctly, that's been, uh, broken up because of, uh, how big it was were the Robert Jordan books. Which one to Robert Jordan? Um, the wheel of fate books. I don't know that I've read them. Well, if you haven't, there's something to look into as well. I'm going to have to. Well, I've got like 400 Battletech books to read, so I'm going to have to fit it all in somewhere. Thankfully, I've got a 30, uh, a, or sorry, a 45-minute drive each way for work, so audiobook, baby. Well, if you're hey, going to uh, get those books in a audiobook, they're like 20-some-odd hours a book. That's yeah, right. Let me know if you want an Audible account, because... um. I have a shit ton of credits because I subscribed to it and I was like, this is great. And then then I stopped tell well, now I telework all the time and I don't commute and my commute got shorter because I changed jobs and uh, mm-hmm. I bought a fuck ton of books that are just sitting there. So if you want like Warhammer 40k and then some of the books that Zyber's recommended and you've recommended and all that on audiobooks, plus like nine extra fucking credits to buy more books, let me know, man, because if you're doing the commute, at least somebody gets use out of it. I want to, I just don't. Like when I sit no. on my computer, I'm like, oh fuck, I'll watch YouTube all day. No, I'm definitely down on that. Um, so he, here's the question. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to be perfectly honest. I haven't read the Fellowship of the Rings in the. It's probably been three decades, to be perfectly honest. I read it a long time ago, um, but I can still remember the impression that I had when I read it. Uh, it 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 was probably because I read that book before I started playing D and D. And I can honestly say that that book, what's the word I'm looking for, captured me, Um, really, really made me 
like want to explore that world uh, made me really like imaginatively think up different things that could happen in that world uh, to the point of which the next topic we're going to get into is influences um, to the point of that. I started playing Merp for several years because I wanted to experience that world even more. But what were your like Zyber? Do you remember the last time you read it? Do you, do you remember your impressions when you read it? Yeah, when you and uh, JR introduced me to Lord of the Rings, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then, well, I it was JR that introduced me to the books. You introduced me to the videos. Uh, when you say videos, you're talking about the cartoons, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Because I was like, those cartoons were fucking amazing. At least the Hobbit and the Fellowship of the Rings was. Yeah, they were. They were or... pretty amazing. I remember going to uh, that farming store that rented... Uh, videos and getting them <laughs> salem farm supply <laughs> yeah you're absolutely freaking right holy shit that's where i rented final fantasy 4 for the first time same here and then accidentally lost lost it <laughs> lost big air quotes there lost it then they called my mom and made me pay for it <laughs> oh so bitch well well so like what what do you do like i don't know I'm, I'm i don't know what i'm fucking fishing for here like what was your, what was your like when you read it what what did it drum up what did you feel like what was your what was your stand on impression i mean i don't know i know you loved it but like was there anything else behind it yeah it it captivated me it made me feel like i was watching that world like it was a real world to me at that age cuz i felt so absorbed in the story okay i can get that what about you damon do you remember the last like do you remember when you read it do you remember what the impression you had of it was i do um i was 12 or 13 i watched the hobbit the animated movie that they made and i was so hooked and i fucking loved it i tried to read uh, the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring, at, you know, 13-ish, I think it was 12, 13, I watched The Hobbit. Uh, I could not read it. It was too rough and all that for me at the time. I ended up at 17 going back and reading the first book, not enjoying it as much as I thought that I would, but pushed through and read the second book. And at that time, the movies were right around the corner. And, you know, after reading the first two books, I watched the first movie. And I'm sorry, I think the movies are better than the books. I, 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 I liked peeking in on the world, but there was so much extra that was just No, don't be sorry, extra. man. Don't be sorry at all. Dude, the movies were amazing. The, the movies, so the thing that I love about the movies is that they took the imaginative state that I had from reading those books and they put it onto the screen. Like things. They did a great job doing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I, I loved the movies. I think that they're better than the books, but that's a personal opinion. No, that's. Yeah, I remember right. like after reading the books, uh, because we lived in an area filled with woods and everything. Oh, yeah. Running through with a branch, like you're some kind of elf or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, can... I mean,. When we talk about the movies, watch, and I know it's three plus hours, watch the extended edition. Those are worth it. They still cut a lot of the book fat out, but wow, you get so much more to them uh, story-wise. The small missing parts that you don't get from the two-hour movie. Well, so like one of the things that I can remember from the book, and 
this might be in the extended edition, but uh, Old Man Willow, or the willow tree that actually eats the hobbits. And um, I can't remember if it's Frodo or if it's Pippin, who's got to go and get something to free them. And I forget how he tricks Old Man Willow to release them, but he ends up releasing them into like the river or some shit like that. Granted, bear in mind, I haven't read the book in like 30 years and I'm going on memory. So please, if I'm screwing this up hardcore, don't crucify me. Rum is also involved. But I just remember that. Like, I, I remember watching the movie don't and going. Don't crucify him. He already pierced his dick. Yeah. Yeah. I already, already stabbed myself. I actually paid somebody to stab me in the dick. So, which is fun. <laughs> okay. Side note. It's funny because I actually went to the urologist too. And I just realized in the past year. The only times I've been stabbed have been in the dick. Like, Sorry, other, Blue. Like, I finally, I finally got stabbed in the arm for you know for this friggin' vaccination, and I had to text my wife, "Hey, this is the first time in a year I've been stabbed any place other than the dick." <laughs> Sorry, Blue. Yeah, dude, I'm okay with you know not getting stabbed in my. You know, it's really not that bad. Like, it really isn't. Granted, I, I'm not no, going to tell every single one. Away. Of, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell every single one of you to run out and get stabbed in the glands because. Like, there's a lot of nerve endings up there. There's a lot of shit that you can lose feeling for. I mean, Luckily, you got stabbed, what, two or three times when you are getting the pronies thing? Oh, yeah. She stabbed me, like, uh, I think it was three times that urologist stabbed me. And, like, like the first one, it was like, oh, hey, this is going to make me hard. Then two hours later, I'm like, hey, is there, like, a stabbing round two that'll make this not be hard? Because this is kind of starting to hurt four hours man you're good until four hours dude do you know why the four hour mark do you know what actually happens at four hours is it congealed blood or something yeah necrosis that's what happens and if you don't know what necrosis is it's where shit starts to die it rots yeah it's not dying it's rotting at that you you don't want dying and your penis to be in the same word like in the same sentence. Like those are those are things that you want to keep very, very separate. You want to keep them Take very far apart. Bites very seriously. Your penis is choking. That is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like blood goes in and blood doesn't come out. All that blood has to do something. And if it's not doing something good, it's doing something bad. <laughs> really puts a twist on the blood pudding. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can never eat blood pudding again. Oh, I'm always going to think that in my head now. Oh, the little medallions. Oh, some dude with a four-hour erection. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, God, I hope it wasn't a pig with a four-hour erection. I, You know, getting back towards the book, um, and since we're only talking about the first book, it gets a little hard. Um, <laughs> it's <Brendan laughs> Bennett, actually. <laughs> it no needles involved? Talk about. Yeah, no needles involved. Yeah. Uh, the first book wasn't that good, personally. Like, it, it brought in the characters and it gave you a lot of background. It wasn't till the second book that the story, for me, really started to come together. I agree. But, you know, there was just, there was too much. There was a lot of character shit. development. There was a, like, a metric ton. Like, the whole book was character development to me. And it was, and like, it's great. It, it was. It was. It's and, hard and to like, read. It, the description of the Shire and stuff like that, I felt was awesome. I felt it was spot on, and I really, really enjoyed it. Like I could, I can literally picture the Shire in my head. Um, 
Oh, and not just Bilbo Baggins and not Samwise Gamgee and all this no, fucking buddy. No, the you whole Shire. All of them. The whole Shire. Yeah, you're right. The whole Shire sitting back, you're like, wow. And the movies don't do that any justice. No, like, they touch on it good. so quickly. And it's like, yeah. there's so much there. And like I said, I personally like the movies better than the books, but there are aspects of the books that will always be better than a movie. Um, I've yet to see a movie that has totally been better than the book, but there's a lot of fat in those books that got trimmed out in the movies that I enjoyed more. But the Shire, sadly, in the mo- the first movie, it's too small, it's too short, you don't see it. It's suddenly they're in the Shire, and suddenly they're in the wood, the woods, and you're like, wait, wait, they were like... How the fuck did they get there? And I guess, why do all these, why is Pippin way the fuck out here with everybody outside of the Shire? And like, oh, they come here all the time. And it seems like it's, oh, it's a, just a 30 minute walk, man. And you're outside the Shire deep in fucking mystical woods. And it's yeah. not like that at all no. in the books. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not a 30 minute walk. It's like the fucking Shire is the, and, and I, I agree with you. I actually, I really enjoy the movies and, and in the movie, in the Fellowship of the Rings movie and, and. I know we said I said we wouldn't really do comparisons. We'd probably do the movie review way later. But the the movie had um it it did it trimmed out a lot of that excess stuff that just was not needed. It just you didn't have to have it. But on the flip side, as we've already discussed, I'm beating a dead horse now. The Shire was just such a a living, breathing, just it was almost like it was an organism on itself, just everything happening all at once. And, and just it just really introduced hobbits because like in the in the book, The Hobbit, it was, it, you know, they introduced Bilbo Baggins and he was a hobbit. But in The Fellowship of the Rings, they really showed you what hobbits were. The Shire to me felt like a world that was outside of its own. Yeah. No one really understood the Shire, except for Gandalf when he came to do his firework display for the festivals. Yeah, it was like its own ecosystem. Yeah, it it was its own thing, and you could probably dive into a life in the Shire on its own, and it'd be like, I don't know, maybe Stardew Valley or some shit like that. Dude, there's it's actually funny. I can remember a Merp campaign that I did where they actually never left the Shire. They spent all their time in the Shire on the outskirts of the Shire, defending the Shire. It was, it, and it was fantastic. Everybody was hobbits. It was actually a very fantastic campaign. Um, God, even just talking about this, I just I want to play Merp again. That's really so so weird. Uh, I mean, you guys are both right. Like the Shire is. I know I'm comparing the movies, but the movies show it. Right. They show the map and they show how big the Shire is, but they make it seem like it's a 30 minute walk and they're deep in the fucking woods and all that. But the Shire is massive. The one part about the hobbits. When your legs are that short, it's more than a 30 minute walk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it actually could only be like a mile across, but your legs are that short and it does feel like it's forever. Right. Okay. But. The one thing that the the book really conveys that you know, movies don't and all of that was that I felt more like the hobbits were very druistic, right? Very one with the earth, very druid type people. Community driven. Very, 
community driven but very in touch with the earth and the world around them especially with the way they built their houses into the ground the way that they did all that stuff they were very oh yeah i didn't get druidic uh tones to them uh i got them as being a creature of innocence more than druidic I could go with that, but I could also see what Damoc's saying with how they really were just working with nature versus versus overcoming nature. Right, I get right, that. Not, I understand that. But I wouldn't go as far as, say, druidic. Yeah, I guess druid kind of does give a, a, a very specific connotation, but I could, I could see what Damoc's trying to say with that one with the earth thing. Right, druids aren't spell cat. I mean, in D and D, they are, and all of that. But druidism is more you're in tune with the living environment around you. Yeah, right. They were very similar. Like the elves are absolutely druids. Oh right? yeah, one hundred percent. In Lord of the Rings, they're one hundred percent druids, and the the hobbits are very similar in that way but yes with that extra so the the elves obviously have seen war and know war and have seen and understood evil where yes like zyber was saying the hobbits have not they're more on the innocent side oh yeah yeah i see that but they're still they're still very druidic and that's why i think the elves kind of like and understand the hobbits more across the board so do you guys right, the let's woo? just get into the realization of it the like nitty-gritty hobbits are just hippies they're, they're they do like to smoke hippies are horrible human fucking beings dude and they need to be lined up and executed <laughs> okay now we wanna... just showed the kids the the trial of the chicago seven and had to sit down and explain why the two hippie assholes are actually pieces of shit along with the judge and the police because the rest of the people were good disclaimer time Daymox views are Daymox views. They do not necessarily represent all of GNA's podcast views. We don't necessarily feel that hippies are pieces of shit. However, everybody has their own opinion, and we respect that. Now on with the show. Um, no, but I, 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 I agree. There's, there's that. There's definitely that, that feeling of earthism, or, or, and I, could, I could almost say it like the, the classic like Celtic or Druidic feeling for the Hobbits, but. Th- like so, and I've been thinking about it here. The elves, while I would I would put them as in like in that same vein of touching with druidism, they also have like these grand cities and these 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 I almost want to call them monstrosities uh, because they live for so long. You know, elves, Noldor elves or Noldor elves, however you want to call it, they're literally they're they're eternal, they're immortal, they live however long they want to and i mean that literally they live however long they want to when they finally say i'm done i want to die they die um but one thing that came up to mind kind of like in uh D &D, sorry to interrupt you when uh certain races of elves um reach a certain age and pass away they're just reincarnated and they experience in their youth every last bit of their uh prior lives until they reach adulthood when everything fades. I'm not aware of that. I got to read into that more, but I can go with that. Um, one thing that I did think of while we were talking about actually the elves and the hobbits, do you guys remember the woo? Negative. I think they're called the woo. So Not off the top of my head, now. I, I may have this completely wrong, but I always remember that. And, okay, this is the part that sucks being that 
I always end up being the game master. I always wanted to play a Wu warrior because if I remember correctly, the Wu actually have a mystic tattoo on them that's completely invisible. But once they decide to, you know, basically activate it, they become camouflaged and uh, like virtually invisible when it comes to um, when they're in the forest. They're very earthen. They're very, very uh, like I would put them as more druidic. Not the shape shifting druidic, but you more mean into the, the Wu Jin. What's the Wu Jin? Is that what they're called? I just remember being the, the Wu. W U. There's a space J E N. They're a species of elf that have elementalism. I can't find anything related, but I could not the spelling. Yeah, no, I'm not finding anything off the quick search for the Wu. They were a separatist type elven organization. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Daymok Show, where he trashes hippies. <laughs> no, um, I don't know of a separate elvish organization. Um, I'm trying to find them. If yeah. I had the book in front of me, I could find it right away. What I have Fuck it. Is, I'm finding the book. Hold on. Is uh, that their uh, single goal orientated elves. They have one goal in mind, and that's it. Like... Yeah, and they do have special tattoos that grant the dark elves. They uh, that grant them special abilities. I guess you could say. Um, I'm getting this right from Forgotten Realms. Alrighty, I'm showing okay, you guys so Cecil's this. Cecil's got his book. I'm showing you guys this only because you can see this is the original book that I have had ever since I went to England and bought this at a friggin' RPG shop over there. This book has seen some shit. Got a lot of piss and cum stains, you know. A lot of cum stains. There's characters. But no, like, so Bilbo Baggins gets honored by the elves, right? And he gets escorted through the afterlife. Almond, the Undying, the, the Undying Lands, Dying Lands. Yeah. Almond, right? So, and the elves have a lot of respect for hobbits. And in the books, it's very, very subtle, and, and what I thought they did a good job in the movies is they also made it very, very subtle, but it was always a nod to how the hobbits were innocent and one with nature and much along the lines of elves without being the everlasting dynasty and spiritualism that is the elves. But, I mean... That's what I remember and what I've been able to kind of touch on and, and look up over time. But ah, right the here. first book is hard. It's they're, No, they're called the Woos. W-O-S-E-S. Of all men, known, none surpass the Woos in the art of wood lore and woodcraft. This very ancient and diminutive race have long been tied to the forest and has... Holy shit, this fucking thing is blurring on me. <laughs> I gotta stop drinking. Um... And has They're druids. remained the greatest druids. lot of woodland warriors ever produced by the second born. Their skills have in fact guarded their narrow survival, for they are considered ugly by men and elves alike, and have been hunted and persecuted since the days of the first age. The Woos have many names. They call themselves Dragu, Dridian, or Druids. Uh, is a label given to them by the elves, while men use various terms, men, wild men, drugs, or drigs, or woos, the latter, the western con uh, construction. 
orcs fear the woos and have named them Ogre Ahai. Okay, I went off uh, the tattoo thing. Uh, what I have on Forgotten uh, Realms from Wu Jin. Wu well, Forgotten Jin... Realms is D&D. Right. The woos. No, so I always wanted to make a, a, a woo warrior because they have this mystical tattoo that allows them to basically go invisible when they're in the forest. Okay, that's was a lot funny of effort. Because the Wu Jin uh, adapts special tattoos that appear significantly or uh, silly, uh, insignificant or silly, sorry, to outsiders, but were 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 vitality impo- were vitally important to the Wu Jin since they drew their power from uh, supernatural sources. Breaking these tattoos resulted in the loss of spells, uh, illness, and other misfortune. When you said tattoos, that's what I thought of. They do not exist until the uh, end of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So it is when Frodo, ca- if you haven't watched them, Jesus Christ, dude, sorry. But when Frodo casts the one ring into Mount Doom, it erupts. It causes a rock slide that makes a pass transversible again, exposing the Red Sky Clan to everything. But not even the Great Eye could even see the woos, according to the website I was able to fandom stuff that I was able to. They've been so out of touch. But before that, they were... Yes, they hunted orcs with poison arrows and the orcs were absolutely terrified of them, but they played no significant part um, in the first war and or the second. Correct. But that's one of the reasons why I wanted to play them. I was just really intrigued by them in general. Yeah, I I mean, they're men. They're just men of a different breed, apparently. And yeah, they're like yeah, they're like a lost tribe. They're they're like literally the lost tribe in the middle of the Amazon that nobody's seen and nobody's heard of. And when you go and talk to them, they shoot poison arrows at you, and you end up paralyzed and over a spit. What's that? The Sentinels, the Sentinel Islands off of uh, India, the untouched islands. Yeah. Yeah, those fuckers, dude. Like, they shoot down helicopters with bows and arrows. Like, we think we're technologically advanced. Uh, you can take down a fucking helicopter with a bow and arrow. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're sitting there like, oh, we're fine. What are they? They're primitive. And then 4,000 arrows come flying through the sky. Well, we chose poorly. No, but that brings us on to kind of the next thing of influence. You know, what has this book and, and of course, the later books have influenced? And... I think it's very safe to say everything. Like, Tolkien is literally the father of modern fantasy worlds. Beyond a doubt. Absolutely beyond a fucking shadow of a doubt. Agree. Tolkien has absolute reach and influence. I mean, he's they've made, of course, the book that I just held up, which was Middle-Earth Role-Playing, second edition. I have the first edition, too. I'm a nerd. Um, but Middle-Earth Role-Playing, which is literally... You get to play, you jump into the world of Middle Earth and you can play whatever scenario you want. You can play whatever, whatever you feel like. Um, it was actually funny because Middle Earth role playing is the first role playing game I ever played. I played it with a friend of mine, Jason Crash. His brother, um, Lorenzo was actually DM. It was me and Jason and we just, we sat down and we, we rolled up characters and we literally played, I think we played for about an hour. And all we did was we were in one town. We started walking to the next town, found a bear, fought a bear, 
And then that was it. That was that was the whole that that was all we played, and it hooked me so hard that I have literally played role playing games ever since. So and I don't know how a hundred percent true this is, but George Lucas, when he created Star Wars, was absolutely based off. Of- I could, you know, I could see him pulling influence from Lord of the Rings. I mean, like literally, if you can think of a modern era fantasy in any way, shape, or form. It's probably been influenced by something by J.R.R. Tolkien in some way, shape, or form. Well, Robert Jordan, like I was saying earlier, he was influenced by Tolkien. Yeah. I mean, there's been several campaigns that I've run that I've literally ripped right out of the two towers. Yeah. I mean, uh, George Lucas has come out and stated several times, and I, I honestly did not know this until I was looking it up. Uh, he absolutely says that Lord of the Rings was the major basis for Star Wars. Across the board. Of course, he cut out the fantasy and put it into a sci-fi setting, but he also kept a lot of the fantasy setting to Star Wars. Wait, that brings a lot of stuff to light with our uh, vampire game. Made me uh, feel like at the walls of Mordor. Yeah, but at the walls of Mordor, you didn't. they didn't murder somebody, fold them up like friggin' recycling, and throw them into a gutter. No, but like, you know, there was that obstacle of a big wall. We got a gate that we had to get past. You do what okay, you do when you're at Mordor. You know what Mordor was symbolic for, right? Berlin Wall. No, the trenches of the First World War that Tolkien was in. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, so actually it's funny because in the cartoon version of the Fellowship of the Rings, when they're trying to break into Mordor and they're trying to get through the gates, they're like in what almost looked like trenches in the cartoon. And I remember seeing that going, wow, this is really like military. And then they snuck in and, and all that stuff. And I, I didn't think anything else of it. But now that you say that, it brings back that memory of, yeah, I I remember that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to say that Tolkien didn't influence every fantasy thing moving forward since the 1950s period, right? Oh yeah, like the, the, what, what did he not have an influence in? And and the thing is to not to not recognize that like it, it's tough to even try to do something nowadays in a fantasy setting without saying that Tolkien influenced you in some way, shape, or form because you know of it, you've probably read it. To say that it didn't influence you would would be just an ignorant statement, in my opinion. Because obviously, it had to have. Like, everything that you read influences you in some way, shape, or form. Um, now, here's a little something, a little kicker. And one of the one of the topics that I threw in there of of controversy. Did you know that there were that the Fellowship of the Rings was actually banned and burned in some states? Yes, satanic. Anything fantasy was satanic. Yeah. It wasn't just the states. It was banned in countries yes. and burned in countries. Yeah, like New Mexico actually had book-burning um, events where they burned the Fellowship of the Rings, which in my mind is just wild. But granted, we live in a different day and age, a lot more accepting of, of information and ideas. Well, actually, uh, we're going the opposite way now. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's an argument so, there. But that, that's an argument probably not for this show. But, no, um, but Tolkien, though, has plenty of controversy over his religious influence throughout the books and definitely the way that his politics aligned in the books 
and how he and there's a lot of dispute and that's why i say it's controversy because there's a big dispute but the orcs are supposedly a reflection of wartime propaganda of the japanese and there's a lot stating that and a lot going through and a lot of analysts are looking at it that way um there's lost of and I'm not, I'm going to have to look up the fucking term, but it is, they, the Lord of the Rings, all three books are embodying scientific racism, that there is a pure race and all of that. And moving forward with, you know, genetics are better, which is very weird because then it gets into where he's anti-Nazi and he's been anti-Nazi. So he wouldn't get into the race. Like there's a lot of controversy and i don't know if it's controversy from the books or if it's controversy of tolkien as the author as a whole um that really gets into it but they do a lot of comparisons and pull shit out of his books and say no no no, see see the orcs represent the japanese and i'm like i never never thought that reading the books nor have i see i I never thought that, but I, I did think of genetic engineering or genetic working because the Urukai were like a genetic mutation of the orcs and goblins to make like a superior race. So I could see the analog between that and like the German, um, you know, one race to rule them all type of thing. I could see the analog like to there. I don't know about Japanese, though. I don't know how I would loop that over that way. Yeah, it's one of the, the big things that they talk about. Tolkien's orcs are a reflection of the wartime propaganda caricatures of the Japanese and the depictions of the Japanese that the orcs are all for their one fucking, and in the case of the Japanese, which they're not wrong, right? They're just, it's a different culture. Uh, the Japanese have their emperor, right? And then they're doing it that way. And Sauron, of course, is the orcs all-knowing emperor and... They march for him regardless of death, dismemberment, injury, period. Like I said, I don't know if it's them taking Tolkien apart and reading into things or if that was what Tolkien got into. So the controversy is is there, but how true is it? Fuck if I know. I look at it like this. If you're going to pick it apart and read into things, it's always going to be there in your head. Oh, yeah. You're you're going to associate it even if you're like, no, no, that can't be true. Once that box is open, it's open. You can't close it. It's always going to be there in your head. You're going to mull around on it and then try to rationalize it and then probably come to some uh, decision on either side of, okay, it is, it isn't. Well, I can see where they got that idea, but it doesn't match here. Once that box is open... It's open. Yeah, it is hard so, to unsee stuff. Exactly. Always. Always. Did you know that Tolkien was a devout Catholic? I did know that. So not only he was a devout Catholic, but not only that, um, it he was a significant factor, and I'm not sure exactly uh, who C.S. Lewis is, aside from another fantastic writer, but I don't know his work. He converted from atheism to Christianity because of Tolkien. That means Tolkien was a damn good writer. Not just that, like, people said his books were satanic and evil because they depicted shit, and here you have a diehard Catholic writing these books, 
and it's supposed to be a battle of good Hold and evil. Hold on, you're you're and... getting it wrong though. Christians hate Catholics. It's the wrong side of Christianity. That's a Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Catholics work. hate Catholics. Like, but that's, that's okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's we're, a different we're getting, podcast. Yeah, we're we're getting into a different topic there. So let's ring that back in there. Um, no, there's been so oh, we're talking controversy. Yeah, right? yeah, we are talking and, controversy, and, and we are we're we're kind of skirting that line where the GNA kind of you know where we got to start being a little careful. So on that note, I mean, we've been we've actually been at this for a while. So, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we could continue talking about this for the next, like, four or five hours, and we probably still wouldn't scratch the surface of everything that we could possibly talk about. Oh, shit, we're on the first book, man. We got two more. I know. Well, that's why I said this was only going to be the first book this episode. The second and third book would come later, because there's just so much to talk about. Well, you better be able to come at least three more times, or two more times, so. Oh, dude, I can do that and like. That's like a thirty-minute stint. That's one episode, man. That's easy. I say if it's not two, three times, it hasn't been a, it hasn't been enjoyable. Exactly. Well, well, like I like to skirt the edge of things, and I know you're going to wrap this up, and it's going to be a good time. But looking at Tolkien and comparing things uh, across the board, man, there's a lot of we could probably do a whole episode on just the controversy over his oh, books. God, yeah. Oh yeah, entirely. Well, um, well that's why when I reached what, out to you and was telling you about what we were going to talk about and you were like controversy, I'm like, yeah, controversy. And like, I didn't know there was one. I'm like, dude, yeah, if there was, we're going to find it. Oh yeah. There's not just a little bit of controversy. There's a lot of controversy and not just the, Lord of the Rings books, but yeah, it's fantastic. But honestly, when you look at it, I, I don't understand why there's controversy in this day and age. And I'm, I'm not sure that there is any more. There just was during the time. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, Zyber, where can people find you at? You can find me on my Twitter at Zyberblood. That's Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. Or hanging around the GNA Discord. I don't do the foozles or anything like that really anymore. So it's just those two. Very nice. Where are you, Damoc? Where can people find you at? I exclusively troll the GNA Discord. You can always find me. Nice. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter. Cecil Xavier everywhere else. Ustream, Facebook, um, Twitch, uh, fucking Grinder, Bumble Humble, everywhere else. You can fucking it's find true. me. It's true. He's Just, on Grinder. I found him and I linked up with him. Yeah, he, he did. Tips. He swiped right. It was great. It was great. It was a good time. Um, you got grinder wrong, man. It's swipe left. Oh, shit, is it? Fuck, that's why I haven't been getting any hits. Well, anywho, um, if you want to find me, track me down there. Um, we do, we used to do a horror movie. We got to get, you know what? Even if it's just like once every other month, we got to get horror movie night going back because there's been some really great horror movies coming out. I, I really, really want to watch Five Nights with Nicolas Cage. I don't know what the name of that movie that's actually tomorrow, is. tomorrow, man. Is that tomorrow? We're we doing it tomorrow? Yeah, I, like I got a D and D thing tomorrow, or when, it's not D and D, but whatever it's D and D. And then after that, man, um, I should be done around six. So I'll be home around eight, depending on the after bullshit and some beers. But yeah, dude, I'm fucking. Yeah, he has God tomorrow. That's what he has. He has God. Yeah, he's got God. Um, I could be doing. I could be down with that. I'm, going, I'm doing a Texas. I'm tearing apart a car tomorrow, and then I'm doing Texas D Brazil after that. But as long as I come back from that. I'm down. I'm down to watch Five Nights with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I gotta watch that movie. Like that that yeah. movie is either gonna be A so amazing that I wanna watch it again, or B so terrible I'm gonna wanna watch it again. 
Poltergeist, man. It's literally, it's going to be Poltergeist. That's in my brain. What's going to happen? If uh, I get back early enough from what I'm doing tomorrow, I'll jump in. Uh, dude, I got to watch this movie. I really just have to. But there's just nah, been... See, so we'll get to meet Sweats. Yeah. Zyber, come back when you get a chance, and we'll kick off the movie 9-ish. And unfortunately, if you fucks oh, yeah, are I'll listening be back to this, then. you won't get a chance to watch it with us. But if you join the goddamn Discord, and you say, Daymox sucks, rabbit dick, I'll give you a 500 gig M.2 solid state. Yeah, you will. You totally will. Um, we used to do an anime night and maybe someday we can get that kick back going right now. I can't, but dude, I so fucking want to finish out monster. I just, I have to, I love that fucking show and I know everybody else didn't, but I love that fucking show and I want to watch it. I got to watch it sober. I got to, I got to watch I got to find the rest of overlord. Overlord was good too. God, that was a great recommendation from God. Well, anywho, um, so we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Uh, reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoyed listening to us, let us know. You can um, find us on uh, shit on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Spreaker, FM, Player FM, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much any place you can find uh, podcasts, you can find us. If you can't, let us know. We'll upload there. Um, you can email us at GNA podcast at GNA and your DNA dot one with your questions, comments, death threats. We don't care. We just want to hear from you. In fact, shit. If you email us that Damox sucks rabbit dick, we'll fucking send you a 500 gigabyte S or M dot two drive or, or Damox will because he loves it too. We also, um, what the fuck am I missing? I missed something. Do we have a website still? <laughs> All disclaimer, Daybox views are not views of the GNA Discord. He's not a member of the GNA. www.fuckhippies.com Don't actually go to their website. I don't know who owns it or anything about it. But you could probably go to GNA Discord or DNAPodcast.com. One of those will get you there. Just Google GNA. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Daymock. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this show. It was this is a fucking great show, man. I had a I had a great time. I had a good Same time, here, man. It's good to see you drinking rum again. And uh, once more, what's that uh, that that email? GNA and uh, your podcast. dot one. G- GNA podcast at GNA your DNA dot one. Yeah, dude, email that says that just Damoc sucks rabbit dicks, and I will legit send you a fucking five hundred gigabyte M dot two solid state. I don't even care. Where you live, I'll pay fucking shipping. All right, guys, have a great night. Have a good night, brother. You too, brother man. I had a good time, and it was good to see you drinking rum again. Uh, GNA podcast, G- GNA podcast at GNA and your DNA dot one. Yeah, dude, email that says that just Damoc sucks rabbit dicks, and I will legit send you a fucking five hundred gigabyte M dot two solid state. I don't even care where you live. I'll pay fucking shipping. All right, guys, have a great night. You too, brother man.